Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. Hey, before I preach here, um, there, there are some Sundays that you may feel that the, the message or the sermon is directed uh, right at you, that, I, that somehow I know something about you, and I'm preaching a sermon right at you, and I just want to let you know, that's not the case most of the time. <laughs> no, no. No, that's not the case. I don't know. I'm just preaching the word. And, and today, particularly, if you feel stirred or convicted, that's on you. I know nothing about your situation. It's God's word by the power of the Holy Spirit. So look out. Look out. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we want to be changed every time we get in your word. We want your spirit to stir us up, to hear it to not just look at it, but actually obey it by the power of your spirit. So this morning in particular, there is urgent, urgent call and urgent need, worldwide need, and help us to respond and not just go to the motions of church, but be ready for you to speak and us to listen by your spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want you to imagine your life as a house. So imagine your life as a house. And sometimes you hear God's word preached and you need to, you know, rearrange some things in your house. You need to move some furniture around that you can prioritize and even put your life behind what God's word says. So some of you this morning, you'll need to move some things around in your, in your house of your life in order to obey God's word. But sometimes, and maybe today, some of you will hear God's word, and you don't need to just move furniture around. You need an absolute remodel, a remodel where a wall needs to come down, plumbing needs to be taken out, new wires need to put in, and sometimes you need to strip everything down to the studs of your house. You have to alter your life in order to obey God's word. And I've been praying that for some of you, that's what will happen today, total overhaul, total overhaul remodel of what you need to do in response to God's word. Because what we're going to see today is significant. So here's what we're going to talk about. Here's the truth. And this is where you need to make adjustments. So listen to this. There are people in the world today who have never heard the gospel. There are people in the world today who have never heard the gospel. And I'm going to ask you a question. Don't answer out loud. I'm going to ask you, okay, in your mind, in your heart, Guess how many people in this world have not heard the gospel? Well, I'm going to go and tell you. It's somewhere between 2 to 3 billion. 2 to 3 billion people have not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we believe the word of God, which I think we do, Village Bible Church, so we believe the word of God, and those without Christ will perish forever in hell under the wrath of God. And we're saying there are about two to three billion right now who've never heard the gospel. That requires some type of 
overhaul or rethinking of your life. Some of you will need to move the furniture around in your life to support and encourage those who are going, like, like the Drakes this morning. We'll need to encourage them and pray for them and support them. But some of you, and this is, this is my prayer this week, so, so look out. I, I truly believe, I truly believe this, that some of you actually should go. Like, you should have a conversation with yourself or with your spouse today, and you say, honey, I think it's time to move. Like, I'm really praying that, for real, for somebody or a couple in here or more, a few of you, that there is a time where you have to say, that the, the call is so urgent, people need Christ, we're going to go. That's what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be a good day. Here we go. Turn to Romans 10. Romans 10. We do not have an option of doing nothing today. Paul's in the middle of an argument where he addresses the tension concerning the low number of conversions among the Jewish people. Did God's promises to Israel fail? He's been making an argument. Part one of his argument, it was in chapter 9. God does not elect everyone within Israel for salvation, but only a remnant. Part two of his argument was in chapter 10. Israel was responsible for failing to believe in the Messiah. In part three, chapter 11, God is still saving some Jews today, and there will be a greater in gathering in the future, okay? We're in chapter 10, and this is the response of faith. And the main emphasis of 14 through 21 is the failure of Israel to respond to the gospel proclamation. And it's not a passage that commands gospel proclamation, but it's a passage that's assuming that gospel proclamation is already going on, and it is something that the church should be doing. And it's that assumption that I'm going to hone in on today, because I think the church often fails to assume that that's our main job. We do lots of other stuff in this world, but our main priority is to be about proclaiming the gospel of Jesus to not just those across the street and our neighbors, but to those around the world. And that's where we're going this morning. So let's start where we ended up last week. Look at verse 13 again. Look at verse 13 of chapter 10. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Regardless of your background, Jew, Gentile, if they call on the Lord Jesus Christ in faith, they will be saved from God's wrath and accepted by God through faith forever. Now, Paul is going to build on this. Look at verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. So let's start with the first one in verse 14, this little sequence here. How then will they call on him? Now this is the idea of call. If you are a believer, there is a time in your life where you called on the Lord through faith. You said, Jesus, I submit to you. I put my faith in you. Save me. And for me, this happened when, at 19 years old when I was a counselor at Candy Cook Camps in the Branson, Missouri area. I was already supposed to be a Christian. I was not, but somehow I was a counselor there. I heard the gospel, and I, I, I won't forget that night of being so broken over my sin. 
and running out of the meeting, crying on the back porch of this cabin and putting my faith in Jesus and, and submitting to his lordship. That was me calling out to him. And, and many of you have your conversion stories of where you've called on the name of the Lord to be saved. Now, something had to happen before that happened. There's a sequence of events that led up to your calling on the name of the Lord. And that's what Paul is talking about today. That before you called on the name of the Lord, you had to believe. And before you believed, you had to hear the gospel, right? And in order to hear the gospel, someone had to preach it to you. And in order for someone to preach it to you, they had to be sent. Those are the sequence of events that happened that led up to you calling on the name of the Lord. And that's what he's going through this morning, okay? So we have the call portion. But before you called, you had to believe. Look at the next part of verse 14. How will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And the answer is, no one's ever going to call on the Lord until there is first this trust and faith from the heart. You see, the gospel touches the heart before the call comes out of the mouth. The, ho- the gospel does a work in your heart, and then out of your mouth you profess the lordship of Jesus. And now, let's just pause. I mean, we keep hitting this over and over again because you kind of wonder. You're like, well, how does election fit with faith? Okay, let's not go there again, but okay, let's go there real quick, all right? Both are taught in the Bible. God for the foundation of the world elects by sovereign choice those who are going to be saved. And yet, in real time, you were called to put your faith in Jesus. The two go together. As one of my professors that I took a class, uh, Douglas Moo, has said, divine sovereignty and human responsibility and salvation stand in some tension with one another, but they are not logically contradictory. All right? Some tension there, but there's not a, a contradiction. And someone once asked Spurgeon how he reconciled divine sovereignty and human responsibility. He said, I I don't because there is no need to reconcile friends. And for me, thinking about world missions, I believe election drives missions. Because those who are the elect, whoever they are, we don't know, God knows, will be saved and will eventually respond to the gospel. So when we send the Drakes out or we send others out into hard soil, we don't just say, good luck with that. We believe that God is sovereign in control and that people will respond to the gospel, those who are elect. And it must come from the preaching of the gospel, which they do when they go out. But to me, as a missionary, that would be very encouraging that God is doing a work here and the elect will respond and believe by faith. So, but they have to hear. They have to hear. You look at, once again, verse 14. Well, how will they believe in him and whom they have not heard? Oh, so in order for someone to believe the gospel, they have to hear it. Can you jump with me? Jump down to verse 17. Jump, look at verse 17. Verse 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. The word of Christ is the gospel. And this gospel goes out and for someone to be saved, they have to hear about the perfect life and atoning death and victorious resurrection of Jesus. Now, of course, they can read it and the same idea applies. That's why we have Gideon's 
proclaiming the gospel worldwide by getting Bibles out there. They need the details of the gospel. And occasionally you'll hear of someone getting saved by the gospel, hearing it somehow or seeing it in a dream. But the primary means that God uses to disseminate the gospel is through hearing. And this hearing, it often comes and probably most of the time comes in their own language. Now, here's the problem. There are lots of languages that have no Bible translation, no gospel translation. And so missionaries do the hard work of learning the language in order to proclaim the gospel in their language. It's the groundwork that is hard. Sometimes we just think, oh, missionaries are great. They come here, they give their, their testimonies, buy a Bible, see you later, go do your thing. But there's so much effort and time and preparation and prayers and settling down and language learning so that others can hear the gospel in their own language. But someone's got to preach it for they hear. If look once again, verse 14. It says, in whom, how will they believe in him and whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? Now, well, let's just pause for a moment and talk about preaching, preachers and preaching. I'm just, just a guess here. Just kind of guess, don't do it out loud once again. How many sermons were preached in America last year, in one year? Like, in general, how many sermons are preached in America in one year? Well, I was listening to this one guy, and he said a few years back that in one year, I don't know how he figured this out, there's about 16 million sermons preached in America that year. And that's a really high number. Let's just say it's half that. Eight million sermons preached in America in a year. So that means that you can pretty much wake up, listen to sermons all day on YouTube, right? Or all night. You have, you have so much exposure to the Bible, to the gospel, to preaching millions of sermons, right? right? That's what our life in America. But let me, let me say this once again. Two to three billion people have never heard the gospel, while we are saturated with it. So how are they going to hear? Well, let's send them sermons. Let's send them preachers. Don't think in terms of preachers as in what I'm doing right now. Think in terms of preachers, what you do in talking to people and sharing the gospel with your neighbor with people you know. You're, you're the preacher. And that is what needs to happen worldwide is people need to be sent to share the gospel, to preach the gospel so that they can hear the gospel and, and put their faith in Jesus and call on the name of the Lord. And that comes through preaching, or shall we just say, sharing the gospel. But these preachers, these missionaries, are not going to be preaching unless they are sent. Look at verse 15. How will they preach unless they are sent? So these proclaimers of the gospel are sent out by God. They're sent out by the church and all of us are to take part in the great commission as we rearrange our furniture and our lives accordingly. And I know there's different traditions that you've been raised on that one tradition says, okay, there's going to be this select few 
that if God calls them, then they're going to go be missionaries. But I, I like the school of thought that says, no, no, God has called us all to go. Um, there must be a specific calling to stay. You ever heard that before? You ever listen to a guy named Keith Green, his music back in, in the 70s? Jesus commands us to go. It should be the exception if we stay. Two to three billion people have not heard about Jesus. And I'm just going to say it because I love you, I love you, but I love you. Some of you have retired in the wrong place. You thought God said Hot Springs Village, but he, he actually said Hot Desert Sands of the Middle East. You misheard. There, I just, just heard yesterday there, there is, there's an older couple who has, they've, they've done their jobs in America, and they, they've left, and they've gone to a closed country, which you can't get into, and they're there to specifically share the gospel in the retirement years. And I believe there are some in here that should go. You have the money. It's, it's cheaper than living here. Yeah, God can still use you here, of course, absolutely. Be a sender, be a prayer, absolutely. But some of you need to be goers. It's time to rearrange, remodel your whole life and go. Well, and when you go, it's beautiful. Look once again, verse 15. How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good things or those who bring the good news. Just like a messenger crying this great message. It's beautiful when the gospel is proclaimed. And why is it beautiful? Because God desires people to be saved and not to perish. I mean, that's, that's what the Bible says, right? We believe that. For example, 1 Timothy 2, 3 and 4. This is good and is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So then rather than us saying, God, why are people perishing? Why don't you do something about that? We should actually say, a church, why don't you do something about that? The commands are for us to go and to share the gospel because God does not desire for them to, to perish. And for those who are saved, it, it's beautiful. And those who bring the good news, it's, it's beautiful. I, I was told yesterday, I don't know what, yesterday was an interesting day, but I was told about this guy who went to a village to tell them about Jesus and he was kicked out of the village. And some of those who kicked him out noticed that his feet were worn out, and they thought to themselves, wow, if this guy has walked all this way to tell us something, it must be good news. And then they listened to him. Because you see, worn out feet does not mean not beautiful feet. It's beautiful feet. But here's where it's challenging. We tell people about Jesus. We send out missionaries. We go ourselves but not 
everybody's going to respond positively. In fact, some believers and missionaries are killed because there is not a response of faith. There's an aggression toward them. Let's look at the rejection here, the rejection of the Jews. Not all responded. Hey, look at verse 16. However, they did not all heed the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Just because people hear the gospel does not make them a Christian. And this is Paul's point concerning many Jews of his time. The, the gospel of Christ has gone out, but not many responded in faith. Jump down to verse 18. Verse 18 says, but I say, surely they have never heard, have they? Indeed, they have. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. You've got this natural revelation of God's existence is expanded, so the creations are without excuse before God, Romans 1. But now Paul sees in a similar way the expansion of the gospel to the ends of the world through preaching. And Paul knows that the gospel is getting out there, because Why? Gentiles are responding in faith. Verse 19. But I say, surely Israel did not know, did they? First Moses says, I will make you jealous by that which is not a nation. By a nation without understanding will I anger you. And Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I became manifest to those who did not ask for me. But as for Israel, he says, all the day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. Those filthy, stinking Gentiles are putting their faith in Jesus and being saved. In his elect love, God is showing himself to those who did not even ask to be saved. And he is found by those who didn't actually seek him. And this is the good news of this Jesus, this Messiah, went out to both Jews and to Gentiles, but it's the Gentiles at this time who are coming to faith in, in massive, massive numbers. Now, there'll be another part. We'll get to chapter 11 with the ingathering in the Jews, but right now, the gospel goes out, and it seems to be the Gentiles who are responding. And I think this is very instructive for us, is you'll often be surprised on who responds to the gospel. It's, it's too bad you didn't know me in my younger years. But I would not be that guy that you would predict that would respond to the gospel. Certainly not the guy who would be up preaching the gospel. But God in his grace saved me. God in his grace saved you out of all types of sin and destruction. It's often those you think, yeah, they're not going to respond. It's probably those you need to tell about Jesus. And you say, well, there's... There's two, three billion people. Those, those people are not going to respond. You'd be surprised. Just need to hear the gospel. There's going to be this response. And my brothers and sisters, I think that there's got to be something in us that responds to this text here one way or the other. It's got to be, be a more aggressive sender or, or be a goer. And what I find to be so cool is that we, we have so many resources that we can be informed about what's going on in the world. One of the books that I, I really have enjoyed is a book called Operation World. It has so much information about what's going on in different parts of the world and a specific prayer requests. And there's actually a, a child version of this that I should share with, with my kids that you can also go look at in addition to Operation World. But there are so many 
so much information. If you go online right now and you, you look at the Joshua Project, you can find out what's going on all around the world and, and the sharing of the gospel. And what's so cool is that when we're senders, it's like we go with them, right? When we put our money as a sender, it's like we are going with them. When we pray as a sender, we're going with them. And, and, and the dregs, just think about it. We get to go to Asia with them. Not even Asia, Middle East with them. And they move, we'll go with there with them, right? If it was Asia, now it's the Middle East, right? We're going with them. You're like, what? How's that work? Well, we're giving them money. We're giving our prayers. Give them our encouragement. We're going with them. So it'd be good for us as a church to continue to strengthen our sending muscles as we are praying for our missionaries. So when a missionary newsletter comes in mail, don't throw it away. Pray for them. When we throw something out to you from church about to pray for a missionary, don't dismiss it. Pray for them. So we need to be senders. But some of you need to be goers. I know you bought a house here. I know you're settled here. But if you feel stirred right now, it's something you may need to explore. And you say, well, I don't have enough money to go do that. I don't know how to go do that. Come see me afterwards, and I will show you how to go overseas and get paid to tell people about Jesus. Basically, I'm trying to take away every single excuse you may have. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.